Amen. And we thank you, Lord, you don't make us for sadness, you don't make us for regret, you don't make us for torment or fear, any of those forces that often want to assail our souls. That's not why we're created. But we're created to bring joy to you and rejoicing to ourselves. So we thank you for it, Lord. And we bless you. And we commit today to rejoice and be glad in you. Open up our eyes, open up our ears, open up our hearts to receive the engrafted word of God. Let it come become real to us, become a part of us. Let us embrace the word that we hear. And we thank you for it, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. And praise God. Praise God. Well, I know not many of us come from wealthy parents or any kind of wealth, but we need to know that you have an inheritance that is spiritual. Amen. You all have an inheritance laid up for you that is spiritual. Now, that may not sound like a big deal to most, but the spiritual blessing really is the highest blessing. It really is. Because if you are born again, you can say that at the end of your life, you beat the devil. Huh? You you can say that. And so that is the ultimate win. That's the ultimate wealth. Because if you never experience wealth or much wealth while you're here on earth, heaven has, has streets lined with gold. They're paved with gold. Um, there's uh, uh, the, the buildings are made of every precious stone that you can think of. So if that if that doesn't prove that you have an inheritance and in wealth, no matter what your situation is down here on earth, uh, you have that coming to you. Amen. You have wealth coming to you because many of us are not going to have natural inheritance in fact there's only one percent it said only one percent of the people in the world are considered wealthy that is having more than a million dollars one percent control 46 percent of the world's wealth so they're not making room for anybody else but the wealthy to to get involved in that Uh, but according to your faith your life will turn out and so if if between you and God you have a covenant with him that that includes financial wealth and property and all those things as your faith develops those things will come to you but God has already given to us things that pertain to life and to godliness turn to second peter 1 and verse 3 and you'll see <clears throat> Verse 2 says, Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus Christ our Lord, according as his divine power, that is the power that works in you when you have Jesus Christ living in you by the power of the Holy Spirit. So his divine power has already given you your inheritance. So when you have Christ, you have wealth, you have an inheritance, you have rights to certain things, you have certain things with your name attached to them. They are assigned to your life. And that includes all things that pertain to life and godliness. So if you miss it on the natural side, you have the godliness side that you have. But the Bible says you have it on both sides when you have Christ. 
See, the, the natural Jew can, can demonstrate to us that God, God plans natural wealth for his people because they are living, walking, talking witness. I don't care where those people have been placed in the, in the earth. They manage to prosper. They manage to uh, create. They manage to innovate. They manage to draw from that inheritance that they have in God on the natural side. Uh, because of spiritual blindness, though, uh, many of them do not pick up on the spiritual side of the born-again experience. But that doesn't mean it's impossible. It is possible. But, you know, they have to be able to hear. They, they, they have been, the Bible says, temporarily blinded. The minds of, they, their minds have been temporarily blinded to the reality of Jesus Christ. But we see often there are, are, uh, some who will, will come into the light. And, you know, Sid Roth is one. It, it's supernatural, that guy who runs that. Our, uh, the landlord of this building, Marshall, Mr. Brown, uh, always tells us, oh, how are you doing down there at the building? And, you know, my dad always told me, don't throw the preachers out. See, they respect us because we serve the same God. And so I was walking, I I met him down here one time, and, and he was in the driveway over here as I was coming and parking my car and, and walking in. And uh, he said, oh, Barb, I'm not going to come in. I'm running late. And, you know, he lives between here and Florida, you know, a snowbird. And uh, I got something I want you to hear. And he had, uh, what is he, BMW or Mercedes? He drives one that's got the huge sound system in there. And But you couldn't hear it from the outside. But when he rolled the window down was James Cleveland. Don't you just love that choir? I love that stuff. He had it blasting, too. I mean, it's, you know, his little boom box was going. And he was, and his wife is a Christian. And she'd been praying for him for years. And so we pray for Marshall as well. And we just believe God for his salvation. Amen. But he, he, we are like his, he calls us his lucky charm, like a rabbit's foot or something. You know, as long as I'm good to the preachers, he's, oh, you stay there as long as you want. I won't raise the rent. You know, he's just always a blessing to us. And, uh, and God's opened his eyes that much. You know what I'm saying? So we believe God to do of it so praise god but but we we have to admit though that that natural inheritance does fall on people and uh it it falls on people who have faith in god and believe him so that really is how your inheritance comes to you is by faith and believe me that is the simplest and most effective way to receive anything is by faith we all want to make it hard but it isn't uh, faith is very simple. You just make a decision to believe. So we have a spiritual inheritance and it is obtained by faith. F- something as simple as believing can bring you wealth. Just as simple as believing, it can bring you wealth. God's people from Abraham through this present covenant that we had were promised wealth. And not only wealth for himself, but for his seeds, seed as well. In Deuteronomy chapter 8, if you'll turn there. Thank you, Jesus. Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy. 
wealth was not just a promise. It was assumed that you knew you had it. You can tell by the tone of the, the writing in the scripture. Uh, Deuteronomy chapter 8 and verse... Hmm, start in verse... Okay, let me see. Verse 13. And when your herds and your flocks multiply, not if, but when. So that's the promise of wealth right there. The promise of increase from what you started with. When your herds and your flocks multiply... And your silver and your gold is multiplied. And all that you have is multiplied. Then your heart will be lifted up and you forget the Lord your God, which brought you forth out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. And that is so true. Many times we'll, we'll, we'll forget, like people say you forget the bridge you crossed over on. Now, that's not true of everybody, but people are tempted to, like if they've been through a bad experience, they are tempted to, when they see somebody else going through that experience, to lack compassion for them, uh, to not desire to help them, to not desire to. There are many people that have a testimony that if they would give it could get you out of trouble, but they don't want to humble themselves and let you know they've had darkness in their past. Well, it's true. You'll see it. You'll see people that are, are, are walking around in different churches and so forth struggling. And, and somebody that God has set free and now they're a deacon or they got nice clothes or they drive a real nice car or something like that. They don't want anybody to know where they came from and how God delivered them. You lose your effectiveness for God when you do that because really you're denying Christ. You're denying him the opportunity to help somebody through your experience. There is grace in your life to understand that person and help them and share your testimony and pray for them and encourage them that the struggle, they will get beyond that struggle point in their life. But many people pretend that they never did anything wrong or, you know, and I'm going to tell you where it's especially true. People that, that, that sin while they're in church they never want to tell the truth like i was walking around here and i was fornicating all the time and and i god never told on me but i was messed up and he delivered me and he never fronted me out he never ratted me out he kept it between me and him you understand well it's something just that simple can set tons of people free Juanita Bynum, the reason she got famous off of that no more sheets is because she was sleeping around in church and everybody knew it. And God told her, he said, you're going to give your testimony and that's how you're going to live if you're going to serve me. And so she told on herself and she told him about the mercy of God and her pastors and overseers who continue to pray for her and love her and believe for the best in her. You understand what I'm saying? And so there is power in that testimony. The spirit of prophecy, everybody wants to prophesy, prophesy that. You know, prophesy the truth about yourself so that somebody can be helped. They don't need a thus saith the Lord and a fortune told. They need the truth told to them. 
You know, we let people walk around acting like, you know, feeling like letting the devil make them feel like they're pariahs and nobody loves them and all. This is where people drop out of church from because we don't have anybody relatable anymore that's willing to say it and willing to really want to help people. So your inheritance is spiritual, folks. Is You have a, a great godly inheritance. And don't go through the, this trip of, of getting lifted up when, when God starts blessing you. You know, ain't nobody here that I know got more than a job. <laughs> and if you got a business, you looking for a job. Don't get me started. Okay. I don't want to digress. I want to stay. But it's easy to get lifted up when you, when you get something. You know, I remember a, a family that was, they were here for a number of years. Broke, poor, no job. My husband got the man a job. And as soon as they start making money, they left here. Five years she passed out and and never recovered, died. Because she was in a church that didn't teach healing and didn't have altar calls and pray for them. You get scared. It should scare you. That you can get crazy like that. You know, and they didn't owe me anything. But you got to make sure you don't owe it to God. And make sure you don't make a stupid mistake. And see, people like to go in a place when you got money, you're known as a tither. You're known as a this. Or you want to go and be prominent, see? The place where you were helped is too small for you now that you've got something. I'm just breaking it down in real life so y'all, I'm not making this up. That Bible you're reading is real. And don't get stupid. Amen. No, it ain't like we millionaires and billionaires flying. Them kind of people don't even come to church. <laughs> they don't have to. They can get the preacher to come to them. Help us, Lord. Okay, so I shall finish my reading. Uh-huh. <laughs> but it's true. God says, I'm going to bless you and your herds and your flocks will multiply your money will multiply only what i want you to do is don't forget the lord that brought you out when you didn't know how to leave yourself (laughs) god brings us all out of the world and out of sin why because we don't know how to leave Well, I've been trying and I, and God just sends a word to you and shoot, you come right out of there. He brings us out. Huh? Cause we don't know how to get out. <laughs> the devil gets you involved in some stuff. You get so mired. Well, if I do this, this will happen to it. And God just says, Hey! Shoot! Brings you right on out. Huh? You don't even know how you got out. All you know is you're in a different place. I looked at my hands. My hands was new. I looked at my feet and they was too. You know, uh, y'all know what I'm talking about. Praise God. So he says your heart will get lifted up when you get wealth. Isn't that the truth? 
And he says, I led you through the great and terrible wilderness where there were fiery serpents and scorpions and drought. And there was no water and brought you forth water out of the flint rock. I fed you in the wilderness with manna, which your fathers didn't know anything about. That he might humble you and that he might prove you to do your good at the latter end. So God does test us. He He puts affliction on us or lack or temporary lack. You ask any any millionaire billionaire. Oh yeah, I started about 15 businesses and they all failed. And then one day finally. Huh? But we don't get that from God. God says everything we set our hands to will prosper. We don't even have to go through all that. But if you do suffer affliction or, or temporary failure or setback or disappointment, God promises to bring you out of it. And that, you know, the sinner has no such promise. They just go by faith because they're determined to make something out of themselves. They're, they're, theirs is, is just sheer determination, will, and grit and understanding that somehow it's going to work out for them. But we have a promise from God that everything we set our hands to will prosper. And he says, and say in your heart, my power and my wealth and my hand has gotten me this wealth. But you shall remember the Lord your God. That's all you got to do. Get up every morning. I mean, don't miss a morning. Don't miss a night. God, I thank you for this day. I'm going to rejoice and be glad. I thank you for my health springing forth this day. Thank you, Lord, for opportunities and possibilities to prosper this day. Thank you, Lord, for peace in all my relationships this day. And he says, for it is he that gives you the power to get wealth, that he may establish his covenant which he swore to your fathers as it is this day. And it shall be if you do all, do at all forget the Lord and walk after other gods and serve them. In other words, go back to your old ways, get selfish, get wrapped up in you. And he says, if you serve them and worship them, I testify against you that you will surely perish. You see what I'm saying? So we have to continue in God to continue to receive of this inheritance of wealth. So what does, what does God mean of, uh, wealth? What does he mean by that? Wealth means ability. It means prominence. It means vigor or strength. I think in a, in a, uh, an iffy world, wealth really means resilience. It means that when the devil punches you, you get back up and, and punch him. And if he punches you again, you punch him again. So you just don't quit hitting. And he says in, in, in physical strength, it means substance. That means material things. It means goods. It also means high value. High value. It means to be glad, to be happy and prosperous. When the Bible says God brought me into a wealthy place, it's not merely talking about material things. A wealthy place means that the material comforts, however you, whatever you determine is comfortable for your life. It includes that. Plus, it includes the ability to hold on to it 
so you're not in sorrow wondering how long, you know, what, how am I going to make the payments? When you understand what I'm saying? Uh, and he brings you into that, that zone. It's a spiritual zone that you abide in that gives you an assurance. An inheritance means assurance. It's something nobody can take away from you. It's got your name and your name only on it. And God is not going to pull it out from under you for any reason. The only thing that can happen with an inheritance is that you not cash in on it. You ever, you ever look in the, the paper and, and see where it says unclaimed bank accounts, unclaimed money, unclaimed this and unclaimed that? It's because they can't give that to somebody else. They've got to find the rightful owner. I know it, it'll get transferred at some point if they can, enough time goes by or something like that. But that's not even true of our inheritance in God. It cannot be transferred to anybody else. Amen? It is for you. And then your children have an assurance of an inheritance because they are your seed. And it, it's not your leftovers that they get. It's their own inheritance that they get fresh from God. God's not a grandfather. He's a father to everybody. So he's not giving you, you, your kids are not receiving what's left over from what you didn't use. Because if I know most of y'all, ain't nothing left over when y'all don't have no leftovers. I mean, even take your little McDonald bag and throw it in the refrigerator. Them old petrified French fries. Them things be so hard. You can pick your teeth with them. <laughs> I know that's mean, ain't it? <laughs> the golden arches. Whatever. So <laughs> Some of them be rough. And I mean, they just be coming out the fryer like that. Y'all can love it if you want to, but I'll be like Red Fox trying to, (laughs) to, woo! (laughs) So, amen. But it's good to know that God has laid aside. He's already given you. All things that pertain to life and godliness. Your job is to figure out how to get it. (laughs) That's the biggest problem for most people. Because we abide in such unbelief about certain things. You know, if, if you've grown up in this world, you've seen a lot of poverty. Even if it hasn't hit you personally. And you know just one mistake can put you in poverty for a long time. You know, Uh, there were a couple of people that I prayed with yesterday I don't have a place to live. I said, God has a place for you. You know, he has a place for you. I said, we're going to see in their, the world they live in because they were so desperate and went and lived with somebody, shacked up with somebody. And then when that person got sick of them, threw them out, they never had faith for their own inheritance to begin with. I said, They never had faith for their own inheritance to begin with. So that's where you start. It's developing. I don't care if your eyeballs get bloody and red and fall out. 
keep reading second peter 1 3 until you believe it that god has already given you everything that pertains to life and godliness so go to the bank cash the check and spend the money that 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 check is good i don't care who you are and, and how long you've not been serving god or what you did yesterday that you think god won't forgive you for that check is good amen it's a righteousness check and that works all the time second chronicles 11 1 you'll see what god promised solomon now these are all abraham's descendants and that's why we're talking about this you are we have the wealth of our father abraham that's where it all started and second chronicles 11 1 Solomon was known as the wisest man on earth. Why? Because God gave him wisdom. No other reason but that. God gave it to him. Other rulers would come from all over the world just to sit at his feet and listen to his words. Amen. So 2 Chronicles 1, 11. I had it backwards, huh? It says... Um, uh, and God said to Solomon, because this was in your heart and you have not asked for riches, wealth or honor, nor the life of your enemies, neither yet have you asked for long life, but you've asked for wisdom and knowledge for yourself and that you may judge your people over whom I have made you king. Wisdom and, wisdom and knowledge is granted to you, and I will give you riches, wealth, and honor, such as none of the kings have had that have been before you, neither shall there be since you. So you broke in the bank, Solomon. Amen. All because you operated in what we call New Testament theology, and that is to seek first the kingdom of God, and his righteousness and let things be added to you so solomon is kind of stepped up into a future revelation of christ by understanding that if i don't get wisdom and knowledge for how to do this job that god's called me to the rest of it don't matter anyway you understand me it matters not how much material anything you have because of all the nonsense that can go on and take it away from you Solomon wrote the Proverbs. Proverbs will tell you the difference between foolishness and wisdom. Fools die for lack of knowledge and for lack of wisdom. Uh, You know, the, the, the words of a fool, how hollow they are versus the, and the words of the wise are few, that kind of stuff. And so Solomon was able to understand great wisdom and great knowledge so that he had an insurance policy against letting wealth cause him to walk away from God. See, if you put first things first, you'll understand the Bible says, in all you're getting, get understanding. Understanding is part of the spirit of wisdom. And so if we get understanding and we get wisdom, then we have the ability to manage everything that comes into our hands well. If you don't get that, what you get will get into your hand and leave just as fast as it came in there. Huh? And so wisdom and knowledge supersede everything that God can give you on the natural side. When you, when you have wisdom and knowledge in God's favor, people will come to you with things. 
They will want to bless you. They will want to invest in you. You won't have to beg for anything. You won't have to ask for anything. People will see your your wealth, your inner wealth, and want to be a part of it. You got me? And so when when we have that, we need to know that you've got the foundation of every other thing. The spiritual really dictates the natural realm. Everything that we have good in the natural came from the realm of the spirit. Your riches that God has given you are in glory. They're in God. They're locked up in him. And then it's up to you to to develop relationship and faith in God to draw those things into your life when they are needed. Sometimes you can live such a a blessed life. I mean, a, a... a content life, a happy life, a, a, a spiritually prosperous life in, in spiritual things. I'm not talking about natural things. And you'll forget you have the ability to call in natural blessings into your life when you need them. You know, I mean, seriously, you can get on a contentment roll and know you have a sense that you have no lack and you have no need. And you think about it and you say, oh yeah, you know what, I better ask God to help me with this, you know. I'm, I'm on a roll here. A Holy Ghost rumble. Like a young man came and sat down, I prayed with him yesterday. And he, he grabbed my hands. I don't let people, you know, I mean seriously, I'm not talking about like me, I'm so wonderful thing. But many times when you're under the anointing, people touch you and they boom, hit the floor. So, so I have to know when to engage people by touch. Cause there's, but he was so hungry, the anointing drew him over there. I know I want that anointing. I want that power. And he sat down and and I'm looking at him, I go, what is wrong with you? You know. <laughs> but he knew what he was after. And I told him, I said, well, I don't have to say anything to you. I said, I can feel the power going into you. He said, I just don't. And he's in a church. And he's being faithful. And he's thirsty like that for the power of God. You're blessed. I'm going to tell you now, y'all is blessed. I'm blessed. You understand me? Because God visits us on a, a regular routine basis with everything that we need. So you're not little lean skinny sheep running around hoping to run into somebody sitting in a booth on a hot day. You know, I mean, come on, y'all. When you're all multiplied, don't forget the God who got you there. You understand what I'm saying? You always be thankful to God. Because it doesn't have to be like this. You understand? It doesn't have to. You don't have to be able to, you know, have a problem one minute and the next minute have total peace because you you got your assurance from God about what's going to happen. You know, I mean, that's that's a privilege. And, and I, I count it as a privilege to be able to go to God with needs. Amen. Praise God. You know, it, it, sometimes it's, it's so automatic to live this life we forget. You know, I mean, you've been living this life for a while now and you don't ever take it for granted. Don't ever think it's everywhere because it's not everywhere. Amen.
The devil gets you all wound up and hating on everybody. I, I, I passed ten churches getting here. Why you still come? Now you crazy for coming. Don't tell me about what you passed to get here. Huh? And don't insult God like that. You just looking for a building. I mean, you can go, you can go in somebody's garage and call it church. Church is more than a building. It's what you carry on the inside of you too. And while I'm on the subject, Instead of always looking for something when you come, why don't you bring something in here? You understand what's some bring bring an attitude, bring an expectation. You know, bring some joy. It ain't you we ain't here for you. You here for God. We're all here for God. Man. Just get this straight. You know, you, you have to learn how to abide in God's kingdom. You have to learn how to live by his rules. You know? And it's not a struggle. It's not hard. The Holy Spirit is there to help you. You got the word of God. Um, you can meditate. I always tell people, I say, if you think you want attention, get in your Bible. Cause that's all about you. Everything you read, I'm serious. Come in here, all broke down. Nobody spoke to me today. You've been sitting up there for five days with a Bible sitting up there with dust collecting on it. When you could have had your feel of who you are. Tells you you're a royal priesthood. You are God's beloved. You are mighty through God. You are the head. You're not the tail. Amen. And you looking for something second hand from people. So God told Solomon, he said, because of what you didn't ask. See, it takes a different kind of relationship with God to get so comfortable just in the relationship that you don't ask. Now think about it. You have such an assurance of his love and you're so thankful for it that you fail to ask for material things. Now, see, faith people tell you that's wrong. But I'd rather go by the Bible than to go by faith people. Well, you got to put a name on it. You got to confess. You don't get nothing unless you confess. I remember God gave me something and I said to myself, I said, I don't even remember confessing it. And I slapped myself. I said, okay, God, you're trying to show me something. And I remember, if you delight yourself in the Lord, he will give you desires of your heart. All you, all you have to do is want them. See, we're so hung up on people and comparing God to people. He ain't people. Now, see, I wouldn't recommend that with no husband. No earthly nothing. 
Cause them brothers, if you, well, sorry. We have young women here. I was, I was, I was married way too long. I was married way too long. But this is female trip, trick number, uh, one, 103. This is for beginners. But some of them brothers, if you don't throw hints, leave notes around, hint, hint. And I said, where's my stuff? <laughs> when it's close to your birthday, where's my stuff? I've been through all the closets. I've been through, I see nothing hidden. Where's my stuff? Huh? My husband, you say, say, baby, I was going to get, how come you can't wait for me to give it to you? I said, I don't know what's wrong with me. I need therapy. <laughs> but I can't wait. I can't wait. I can't. <laughs> Is it wrong? Am I being? Huh? Whatever. <laughs> it's all fair. Amen. There's grace in a marriage to get stupid, straighten up and get stupid again. Amen. Rookies, rookies, rookies. Okay, Psalm 112. See, I haven't been giving y'all female tricks in a while, have I? Have I, Poppy? I've been a good girl. (laughs) Poor Howard. (laughs) We respect you. We love you, Poppy. You hangs in for us. We need somebody to keep us straight. Thank you. Psalm 112. Says verse one, praise ye the Lord. Blessed is the man that fears God. That means worship God, but also fear God. You understand that God is is the lawgiver. He's the Father. He's the one in charge. That delights greatly in His commandments, which means you go in the Word and you're blessed when you come out. You delight greatly in His commandments. It's not always well. I got to do this, and I. It's, that's, it's not that way. With our covenant we have with God. It says his seed shall be mighty upon the earth. That's your children. If you see your kids getting led around the wrong way. Or you just call for that might. God you said my seed are mighty. And I thank you my seed are mighty. They're going to resist the devil. They're not going to get sucked in by this nonsense. He says the generation of the upright shall be blessed. That means your offspring. It says wealth and riches shall be in his house. And his righteousness endures forever. The the widow woman whose sons were about to, to be thrown into debtor's prison. Her husband had been a son of a prophet. And, and the, the prophet asked her, what do you have in your house? And she made small of it. Nothing but. See, never get yourself in the nothing but category. Never diminish what you possess. Because if you diminish that, it won't grow and, and you won't possess more. Huh? You ever seen people that never satisfied with anything that they have? You have to bless what you have. You have to call it good. I'm sure Jesus, when he had that little three loaves and two fishes or whatever he had, and he had 5,000 families sitting out there to feed, 
the Bible says he blessed it and thanked God the Father for it. He probably said, Father, I thank you that this is more than enough to feed all these people. He prophesied over that. He blessed it and called it more than enough because we know from the results he got more than enough to feed everybody. They had 12 baskets of leftovers after everybody had eaten and was full. Amen. And so if we will look at what we have as a blessing, never look at, you know, your, your, I don't like this little house and I don't like this and I don't like that. Yeah, you may not like it, but that's what your faith brought in for you. So quit condemning yourself. Begin to thank God. If whatever you thank you for, thank him for, it'll grow. Just like Jesus is multiplied. It multiplied under the voice of thanksgiving and under the spirit of thanksgiving. Thanksgiving, it creates a miracle working atmosphere. Why is it going to take a miracle for me to get so and so? Well, you better start thanking God for what it is that you want. Because if it's going to take one and you won't get one with a negative uh, atmosphere. huh? The devil will come in there and take what you do have. You don't like it, he'll sure take it from you. So she said nothing but a pot of oil. She condemned it. And so the the prophet told her to bring it to me. <laughs> you don't want it? But see, God had mercy on her. God had a covenant with her. She didn't know how to work the covenant. But she was about to learn. Huh? She found out God was a husband to her. Her natural husband left her in debt, but what did God do? He increased her and made her wealthy. Amen. She had so much oil, she ran out of vessels to hold it. And the oil was still flowing from that pot into the other vessels. Amen. And when she stopped pouring, the oil stopped multiplying. See, your blessings will increase as you're able to use them. You keep finding a use for things in your life and see if you won't have more. If you just want something for you, this won't work. Now, I ain't talking about the people like that. When I say making room for more, I mean start being generous with your neighbors. Start being generous with strangers. Amen. Quit giving everything you got to the no-count relatives that don't do nothing but do you bad. You looking for them to treat you right. God will take care of you. You distribute wealth where he tells you to put it. Amen. I see some of these extremely wealthy people. Uh, they live, they leave the business to their children, but they take their money and disperse it while they're still alive. Amen. The, uh, Wolstein family, uh, that man gave almost everything away before he passed away, gave away all his personal wealth. Well, what did the kids get? That son got a job and a business. Amen. He left the business to the son. In other words, he said, son, you going to work for it just like I work for mine. But right now I'm going to help some people. Gave away a lot of it, the cancer research and, you know, all the things he was interested in in life. He left a legacy. And so... We have to understand that when God marks us for wealth and marks us for certain things, 
It is, we are blessed to be a blessing. And that is to bless whomever he tells us to bless. You don't use your money and your, your power and stuff to manipulate people into relationship with you. Now God's not in all of that. Now, if God didn't tell you to give it to him, don't give it to him. You don't have peace about it, don't do it. You won't be disappointed. <laughs> Amen. You'd be able to keep yours and do what you want to do with it. But God said wealth and riches shall be in your house. So God's wealth is a total package. It includes health, peace, ability, status, knowledge, brilliance. Your inheritance in God encompasses every area of your life that you may have a need in. I don't care if it's your personal comfort, your personal peace of mind. When you tap into that inheritance, if you, if you're a, a troubled person, God will bring you peace. If you're a, a disturbed, I kept hearing yesterday the reports of people who had lost loved ones recently. You know, there's a lot of death out there because the enemy is constantly pulling at people to take them out of this world. And so when we understand that God has placed us in a position of life, thank God, if you if you know people, you have a chance to witness to them and lead them to Christ while they're alive, and you don't have all of that grief and, and um, regret and all that stuff when they leave here. You can rejoice with the angels in heaven that they made it in. Amen. And so it's it's a wonderful thing to live in your inheritance in God and, and know it's a faith inheritance. When we say it's a faith inheritance, that means there are no limits on it. That's what makes it unlimited. It's not specified how many houses, how many lands, how many this, how many that you're going to have. You can have as many as your faith will allow you to have. Amen. It doesn't matter if you haven't had it yet. You can still apply your faith to the things that you need. Amen. When Jesus says, my peace, I leave with you. He means I leave you an inheritance that encompasses all of your needs now and forever. So when he leaves it, and that that means he doesn't care what happens in between. He doesn't care that you lose a house. He doesn't care that you lose a job. He doesn't care that, you know, your furniture or your car gets repossessed. He doesn't care about any of that kind of stuff. He says, my peace I leave with you. Now, if, if you, if you think that that car was the only car you'll ever own, I got news for you. If you think that that house was the only house you'll ever have, and the fact that you lost it means, oh, I can never have, I never, it's over now. It doesn't mean nothing. He says, I leave my peace with you that if you continue to use your faith, I will restore the things to you that were taken. And if you'll believe God for something that's more to your liking, he'll make it wonderful. He doesn't care what you ask for. You got to live it in. He doesn't. So he allows us to use our faith, use our, our vision, imagination, our desires, our likes and dislikes to create the life that we want to have. Amen.
So a natural inheritance is is uh, uh, the uh, cannot promise you spiritual blessings or comfort or peace. But it includes, but the natural inheritance includes real property. It includes money and possessions. But it cannot guarantee you wealth by the biblical definition. So I don't care how much your relatives leave you, how much your parents leave you. They care, you know, people sometimes are nervous about, uh, you know, my parents been broke. They're not going to be able to leave me anything. So I'm just out here, me against the world. Well, you're not against the world. Quit lying to yourself. Because God is with you and he's already overcome the world. What you worried about the world for? Huh? This is something crazy to say. Just focus on understanding who you are and understanding how to receive from God. Understand how to plan your life in God. Focus on that. Quit lamenting what you don't have and, and what you didn't have growing up and and all of this kind of nonsense you know it's just crazy renew your mind you're a new creature you can think new you can expect new you can understand new things live the life that god has planned for you amen so the the material things cannot bring you peace anyway peace entails an absence from jeopardy from fear peace includes your personal peace of mind and security it means longevity and health nothing is missing from your life and nothing is broken and that means not even your soul is broken not even your your spirit is broken your soul is not fragmented your soul is is whole he restores your soul in other words, the, the thoughts that used to torment you and used to make you feel small and, and feel oppressed and insignificant, they're not there anymore. Amen? Now the devil wants to come up and, and, and make you believe that there's something wrong or, you know, the world is against you or you don't stand to prayer, you don't have a chance and all that kind of stuff. That's not for you. Your inheritance guarantees that you have everything that you need. If you don't have everything that you need in a material sense, it guarantees you godliness so that you can obtain it. The only reason we don't have everything that we need is because we don't know how to get it from God. We know it's laid up for us, but we don't know how to, what I call, work your righteousness the way you, you should so that you can always expect good. See, if if you're expecting trouble or you're expecting bad things or you're expecting things not to, you need to get yourself secluded with God in his word and ask him, God, help me to believe this. Help me to believe it all the time. Help me that when, when trouble comes in my life or fear comes up in my mind, that I can just uh, meditate on your word, that a scripture will pop up to help me to choose the right way to think instead of thinking the wrong way all the time and so as you is that's that's the work of righteousness see righteousness does that to your mind and that means that the shed blood of jesus has paid for you to have a clear conscience pray for you to have a good outlook and a good outcome a good expectation in life it's not lamenting 
your past, all of the things you wish you had done differently and didn't do it, that's a waste of time. Because when, when you had the opportunity to do right, you didn't do it. You choose wrong anyway. huh? So you made your choice. Huh? But you don't have to live with it in the sense that you live in expectations that are low. God doesn't lower your inheritance because you made a mistake. He doesn't lower your inheritance because you messed up. He doesn't lower you. I look at some of these people running around here now. They, uh, uh, some of our, uh, leaders in the church. And you want to put your shades on and your do-rag and go to the market and not witness. You know what I'm saying? They're out there talking about each other and condemning each other. Now they done played around in sin together. Now they got mad trying to expose each other. Well, darkness can't expose darkness. Only light can do that. Huh? I just delete they post, hide they post or something. I said, now everybody don't have to sit up and look at this. I'm not letting it pass on here. But this is foolishness. But I look at these people and I know for a fact that if they were straightened up, God would continue to use them and use them in the right way. And I'm thinking to myself, hey God, I'm down here doing what I'm supposed to do. Hey daddy, I'm, you know what I'm saying? That ain't my business. Because I know God still has an inheritance laid up even for the ones who are out there playing around in the darkness. He'll restore them just like nothing happened. Because his word is true. His word is bigger than my condemnation and my judgment of them. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah, it's wrong. And no, they shouldn't do it. But they're doing it anyway. So what's God going to do? Drop them because I don't like what they're doing? Huh? Because he's not going to drop me. And if I can receive his forgiveness, I can allow him to give it to somebody else too. So your peace includes absence from jeopardy, fear, a sense of, of extreme security, long life and health. Now this is God's idea of an inheritance of wealth. I mean, blessings with no sorrow added. You don't expect trouble to, to you. If trouble threatens you, God will fight for you. Amen. In Genesis 13 verse 2, we see the story of Abraham. And this is our faith. The same thing that he does for this man, God says he'll do for us. We have the same faith that Abraham had. Abraham had the kind of faith that allowed him to, when he made mistakes, to still repent and expect blessings, extreme blessings to come to him at the hand of God. And it says here, Abraham was, there's a famine and a drought in the land where God sent Abram to. And verse in 13, verse 1, it says, And Abraham went out of Egypt, he and his wife, and all that he had lot with him to the south. And Abram was very rich in cattle, in silver, and in gold. So that's why God could say to the Israelites, When your cattle have multiplied, and when your silver and your gold have multiplied, he's repeating them the inheritance that they get from their faith in Abraham. 
See, all you have to do is believe God for those things, and those things will come to you. But if you go to God, and every time you look up, you're thinking, well, how am I going to do it, and what am I going to do, and I only make this, and I only have that, now you'll never get it. Because God didn't tell you to live by what you have down here. He said that he has already given you all things that pertain to life and to godliness. And all you need to do is say, God, show me how I'm going to acquire. Lead my steps. Lead my life in the way that's going to prosper me and that's going to get me my inheritance, God, please. And believe God will lead you. And keep a good attitude. Keep a pure heart. Keep a... Be a Christian for crying out loud. You know what I'm saying? Live like like you believe God has wealth stored up for you. Live like a wealthy person. You know, and I'm not saying going out and, and overextend yourself in debt, but live with the attitude that you don't have a care in the world and that everything is yours no matter if you possess it now or not. All things are given to you already. You already possess them. If you don't have them in the natural, you got them in seed form somewhere on the inside of you. you got a seed of wealth on the inside of you that you can tap into. You know, sometimes, you know, we forget things. I know God reminded me recently about getting, getting, believing God for, for, uh, getting the ministry out of debt. We started incurring some debt and, and I was mad at myself, you know, about it. Because I had misgivings about a couple of things that I blamed those things. You understand what I'm saying. You can go through that nonsense. And one day he made me clear up my thinking about it. And he says, when are you going to ask me to take care of that? And so I began to think about it. I said, well, God, I've been assuming responsibility for it, blame for it, been going around in circles, you know, like a gerbil. Just running around on the wheel. And so he broke me out of that mercifully and we got out of debt within, you know, a few months it was. And so, and I tell you that to tell you that, that God wants us always locked into expectation of dwelling in that wealthy place with him. Dwelling in that place where there's no cares, no worries, no fears, nothing like that comes to us. So he wants us to live like Abraham did. Abraham was very rich in cattle. Now, right before that, Abraham had made a big mistake. He had given his wife over to one of the pharaohs, telling telling her to pretend that she was his sister. So there he is in a strange land. He's lied. He's put his wife's security in jeopardy, but yet he comes out rich. Why? Because God promised it to him. And your bad behavior cannot cancel your inheritance in God. Because it's not dependent on your good behavior. It's dependent on your faith. So Abraham made a mistake and went down to Egypt and lived there and, and didn't live very well. Put his Put everything he possessed in jeopardy, lying, all of that stuff. But when he came to himself and realized his error, he left. Huh? Well, he didn't really leave. He got kicked out. But that's like leaving. That's like some of y'all. Y'all would be where you used to be if somebody didn't kick you out of there. 
Huh? Well, I don't know why they don't like me no more. I mean, ever since I got saved, you know, people just treat me different. You are different. God's trying to show you you're different. He's trying to show you you're a new creature. You don't fit in with them people anymore. Why you keep trying? Get a hint. Huh? Well, I don't want to be like them church people. Just be yourself. Huh? Huh? You don't have to be like nobody you see in church. Be yourself. Huh? What you scared of? (laughs) Seriously. So, here Abraham is able to transfer all of this onto his heirs. You saw his son Isaac do the same thing. Make similar mistakes. But God was able to get Isaac to stay in the land that he had given him and to believe him to prosper him where he was. And that's what God wants us to do. Instead of always looking for another job or looking for another place to stay or looking for another this or another that, why not stay put until God moves you? You know, and when you move the next time, you might just prosper. Huh? You might just get somewhere and be able to remain there indefinitely until God moves you again. People are too emotionally led by things. You know, this isn't an emotional inheritance. This is, this is real. This is something you can draw from anytime you have a need. So Abraham's natural descendants still carry the ability to create natural wealth. Many innovations in science come out of the nation of Israel to this day. Amen. Amen. And they're living, if anybody has a, a reason to complain, they do. They're surrounded totally by enemies. They're, uh, the United States is the only consistent friend that they have ever had. And Amen. And and so, but they're able to prosper. They're able to live well. They ain't stupid. They're not sitting up there waiting for people to come and take them over. But they're not living in fear either. They live. They live in the peace of God. So, um, many times we, as spiritual heirs of God, are not as tied to creating material wealth as the natural heirs. You ever notice that? Like in in Jewish culture now, it's just, you know, you'll hear Jewish women say, my son the doctor, my son the lawyer. You know, everybody's got a title, a profession. They elevate their seed, amen, by calling into their lives the inheritance that they know belongs to them, amen. And so, but in, in Christendom, we sometimes have a hard time accepting that God wants us to prosper materially. And I think the reason, it's nothing wrong with us. I think that because we have the ability to create it nonstop, the devil works harder to steal it from us. Because then he'll put up, like the enemy will put up images of people in 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 Christian circles who have excessive wealth. You know what I mean when I say excessive? 
when when I say excessive, you're a part of a worldwide body of believers. And we've got people over in China without Bibles having to smuggle them in. And other people having to hide somewhere and can't get to safety because Muslim terrorists are coming raiding their towns. And that's your brother and your sister, and yet you're comfortable sitting in a mansion with, you see what I'm saying? It's like if, if, uh, my, uh, my younger sister Jackie, I just felt like if, if she does, I said, God, one day I said, God, if I'm just not willing to live another day with her being estranged from the family and not knowing you. And then God immediately went to work on bringing her in. Well, she's my my blood sister. And just like I wasn't satisfied without her receiving her full inheritance or at least knowing she got something, then we should not, as believers in this country, be comfortable knowing we got brothers and sisters in the Lord in other countries that they can't even get fresh water and can't even get can't even live hardly. You understand what I'm saying? And so considering the family needs and considerations, some of us do have too much wealth. If you're in control of it, you're a steward of it. That that's not your possession possession. It's your you're blessed to be a blessing. You can never be too much of a blessing, I don't believe. And so I just, and if you have the ability spiritually to create wealth, what is it to you if you distribute more of it because you have the ability to create more? See, we live too selfish sometimes. You know, we get in this thing where we think our faith did that. You don't have any more faith than I have or you have or anybody else who names the name of Jesus has. We just use our dis- ours differently. And if most of us would take it out of our pockets, we could create a lot of things right where we are that bless people. We don't have to have lack. Look at the early church. The early church was so given over to giving that two people died in the church service because they lied about their offering. See, that was the standard. The standard was everybody give. And see, if the flow of the Spirit is to give and you come in and take, you're going to get busted. Amen? Amen. And so, you know, it's there's something about the Spirit of the body that we have to learn when we talk about our inheritance. And I don't ever want anybody to think I'm telling you that God gives you an inheritance so you can be selfish and you can hoard everything and you can have wonderful things and snub your nose at other brothers and sisters. That's not right. That's not why he gives it to you now. And many times that's what the holdup is in some of our uh, receiving our inheritance is the attitude's got to get right. Your heart's got to get right about these things. So Luke 12, 31, first things first, in our inheritance in God, Luke 12, 31 tells us to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Righteousness is what really matters, folks. Without righteousness, you don't have any peace. You don't have uh, your absence from fear. You're always going to think something's going to happen to stop your blessings from coming through. 
without righteousness, you think like a thief and you feel like a thief. Well, sure, because righteousness lets you know that you're entitled to it. That there's nothing standing between you and God that would hinder the free flow of blessings in your life. So when we step out of righteousness, you do feel like you don't deserve it. You feel uneasy. You feel like it's not for you. You feel all those things. Amen? Some of us have to learn how to receive as well as give. Now sometimes we just I'll be glad when, oh, yeah, 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 it ain't going to happen. So you might as well get glad now. Do you understand what I'm saying? I'll be glad when I can I can just write a check for anything. Yeah, I would too, but it ain't going to happen on <laughs> the way I'm living. I, I would have to sprout wings and fly in and fly out for me to have that kind of money. Huh? Let's just be reasonable here. If, unless you're willing to seek the kingdom to the degree that God will open up permission for you to receive all of those things into your life, you can forget it. Huh? Faith grows through experience and through exercising it. And we exercise, you could use your faith probably and get it to grow uh, uh, exponentially if you would use it more often. But we live by material. You know, the minute you get some money in your hands, it's spent already. The faith people don't live like that. We're not waiting on something to come in so we can put it back out again. Well, I'll go talk to some Jehovah Witnesses. (laughs) They'll give me an offering too. But all I'm saying is that you can receive these things. But you got to do it legitimate. Your faith has to be developed to the level where you can start commanding those things into your life. You can begin to decree a thing and know that it's it's been heard by heaven and it's on its way. You can everything that you need, you can decree. You don't need to wait wait for the government grant to come through so you can get something. You, you, you're serving a God who owns all the governments of, of the whole world. And he's not shy about promising things to his children. He's not shy about giving them to you. So if you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, things are added to you. What are things? Things is stuff you can touch, taste, smell, wear, live in. Things are relationships, people, your children, your grandchildren. All those things are added to you as you seek righteousness in God. The fact that these things happen by faith makes it very personal to you and to me. And it is only limited by your faith and your vision for your life. So you live out of the vision that God has for you for your life. Righteousness means things are added to you. That's the Abraham brand of faith. Abraham believed God and it was added into his account as righteousness. Righteousness wipes out anything that's unrighteous. 
So righteousness wipes out your sin. Righteousness wipes out your mistakes. Righteousness wipes out your misgivings and your fears. And all, Righteousness wipes it all out. Why? Because when you were in fear, you were thinking it would never happen. And now you're believing God and you believe it will happen. And that's righteousness. You stick with that thought and with that belief and fight off the one that keeps telling you God won't look at what you did. God doesn't, he doesn't give stuff like that to people like you. Oh, really? Look at Abraham. Look at David. Look at Solomon. Find your kinfolk in the word. Huh? Solomon's my brother. He was the wisest. I mean, he's the wisest man. I have an inheritance right with him. Why do you think them people are stuck up in all these 66 books? So we can identify with that. Uh-huh. It's good to know David didn't, didn't have to, wasn't killed when he sinned with Bathsheba. She wasn't killed either. Uh-huh. And that was the law back in the day. But see, God can add mercy to his law. That's what you need to tap into. God, where's your mercy? What's mercy telling me belongs to me? What's mercy telling me I can expect? What's mercy telling me I have? See, the mercy that was added by the blood atonement wiped out all the things that were contrary to us by the law. Taste not, touch not, but I like that stuff. (laughs) So what's God going to do? Just punish you and not ever give you anything because you can't get over your likes? I just need to try harder. You ain't going to do it. You got to believe for deliverance. He knows right where you are. He knows the devil works on you over time to get you to think you don't measure up. He knows all of that. Huh? He not moved by you not liking the things you do. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to take that thing away from you too. Huh? When he's done with you doing it, it'll leave you. You just stay humble to the word. God, Father, please deliver me. I don't like this about myself. You can't make it move if you want to. But you're working on it. As long as you're working on it. Listen, we all working on something. Nobody here walks this earth perfect. But you can walk by faith. When you drop walking by faith, you can repent and get up and walk by faith some more. And that's what this life is. And little by little, we get better at it. And little by little, we're able to use our faith for more things that we desire in life. But I'm telling you, if you don't perfect righteousness and how to live close to God, none of this stuff is going to happen for you too quick. He's, this is first things to kingdom and righteousness. And things get added. Where we mess up is we leave seeking the kingdom and righteousness and then we get impatient for things. If you're impatient, righteousness is not impatient. 
consciousness knows you have everything already. Huh? But what am I stewing about? I got it all. I'm rich. I'm wealthy. I'm peaceful. I'm content. I don't have any cares or worries. Jesus took them all upon himself. I need not. I have to cast my cares on him. God, I'm concerned about this. Don't stew over things you have no power to change. Sometimes we're we're so messed up in our heads, we wouldn't know the first thing to do. You know, you're going to get yourself on your own psychiatrist's couch and analyze yourself. Huh? Well, have a good time with that one. I'd rather seek righteousness. As long as you know you're okay with God, you have no problems. Huh? Quit looking for him. Just stay okay with God. Amen. Why don't we stop? Father, thank you for your word and for understanding and for goodness, for mercy. Father, we thank you that we have an inheritance, that we are wealthy people. We have everything that pertains to life and godliness. Certainly our needs are met and certainly they are met with abundance. So we love you, Lord, and we thank you and we honor you. We bless you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen and praise God. If anybody needs prayer, come on up and I'll pray.